Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Wrestling is Trash, a podcast where a group of men get together. We have men on our show, we and we have women on our show. We get together, talk professional wrestling, we talk sports entertainment, because as we make it known on here, there's a difference. We get together, we talk the good, the bad, the ugly, talk about what we would do better, what we think they're doing good, how we would book a territory, and as I say every week, and I mean that, if I was going to book a territory... The two guys who I have with me every week here are two of the guys I would have right there with me. You know what I mean? We'd be the perfect combination of Tony Khan hyped up from his double or nothing interview to the Vince McMahon miserableness together. We would just run the world. That's so as you guys shit. all know, yeah, as you all know, I'm Nick Anicelli, joining me by my boys Dan and Lou. First off, Dan, how you doing? That's some good shit right there. What's up, Nick? What's up, everybody? What up, Lou? It's me, Yo. boy, the mayor, all the way from deepest, darkest Africa. I'll keep it short this week. Lou, what it do? You know me, Lou, from the BX Host of the Everything Podcast, going to try to run the ship today as best as I can with these topics that we got going on. So I figured let's not waste any time and let's go ahead and jump on in this episode. So this past weekend, we had double to nothing. And... uh I think it's safe to say one of the most talked about things about that pay-per-view is the length of the pay-per-view. Um, but overall, honestly, I I enjoyed the pay-per-view, but I really didn't think this pay-per-view was as good as uh, maybe the last couple of shows that I did. Not to say it's a ba- it was a bad show at all, because it was not. It was very entertaining. It was just, I think Tony was trying to, again, kind of the same thing he does on Dynamite, trying to throw everything at the wall. And I think there's a few matches I think you guys would agree should have been left off the show. So, guys, what did you think of the pay-per-view this past weekend? Well, well, Nick, you're going to give the ultimate perspective because you were there. Let me go first. Absolutely. I still haven't, I still haven't seen it. I've seen clips. I was... Pleased with some of the results I saw. I wasn't pleased with some of the results I saw. But all in all, I rely on y'all two today this quick for this recap. But um, shouts out to Tony Khan and the fucking hype machine the piece that he is for his own product with the media scrum at the end was I loved his passion for it. It was it was almost young Vince McMahon like, but more vulgar. So I appreciated his passion for it. So give us the perspectives that you can first look there, then we'll give it back to Lou to go even further. So in regards to the talk of just everything for the weekend, uh, waiting to get in line. And pretty much from Saturday night till pretty much his entrance, all everyone talked about until the pay-per-view is MJF. What's going on? Which I know we'll dive into the situation, but that was the perspective from there. Um, so I've actually, I'm, I think, I could be wrong, but Rob and I went to Mania 35, which was a zillion hours. So I had that experience there. But yeah, this show was long. It was very long in person. And... It was my first AEW show, which was a blast. It was awesome because I was tired from my excitement of live reactions and everything like that. Seeing all these people. Um, 
Luckily, I did have a distraction. Like, I'll be real, during, like, the trios match, like, I was watching it with Sammy and all them, and even Kyle and Darby, I was watching it, but in my phone, I had the Celtics game on at the same time, but kind of like what you were saying, Lou, to kind of sim on two things right there, and I saw this on a tweet. It wasn't one of their best shows, I would agree, pay-per-view-wise, but it was still good, and that's saying a lot, in my opinion. And then, kind of as we say, putting a lot... I think Tony still has such respect for those originals that he has to get them on the show. Like the Bucks and Hardys, that was cool to see because it's like people's dream matches. I love the Hardys. Never saw the Bucks, so that was cool for me. But Matt maybe didn't have to be there. Kyle and Darby. Obviously, he wanted to hook up his boy Darby from day one. Good match in the end, to be honest. Hard to keep my attention, I'll be real, but it was good. But... I didn't think that needed to be there. That trios match definitely have to be there. No one cared about that match whatsoever. But it was dope seeing it live. But I'll say this. I've been to a good amount of wrestling shows in my life. And I don't want to say number one because I haven't sat down and thought about it. But that Anarchy in the Arena match was probably one of, if not, the coolest, sickest, violentest things I've seen in person. Like I knew... Like, I wasn't surprised when the match started. Like, the Jericho appreciate side came out and they started fighting. And sometimes when people wrestle, you hear the music for a second. And then, like, it didn't turn off. And then, like, it started over and the crowd was amped. Like, I was too. Because Wild Thing, like, the way they edited it, it's a dope song. So I was legitimately, like, losing my shit. Like, who's there? Who's there? Who's there? And then the guy in front of me... Uh, really cool guy, the one I was saying off air who worked there. When he saw Eddie was out in the back, he ran out there. Oh, and shit. Eddie Kingston actually shoved him out of the way to get to him. So I have to watch it back because I want to try to point out the guy. I wouldn't forget him. But that was just nuts. And as I sent you guys the video, I was like probably 12 rows up from the ground or whatever. And we're watching. I see them down there in front of me. And I go to my girl. I'm like, oh, fuck this. I ran down there. Started recording. The Jericho had the heel heat of the night, in my opinion, when he unplugged the music. Yeah. But that was just hands down sick. And then when Eddie came out, like looking like half dead, essentially, like just everything, like that's something. Even though it, like it was so violent, like if I needed to get someone into wrestling, especially AD, I'd be like, hey, watch this. Like you won't see this every week, but like that was sick. To the point, now granted, the game at that point, the Celtics game was kind of like a runaway. I, in my head, I was like, yo, fuck that game. Like, this is sick. Like, every other match, I kept refreshing the score or checking, like, I had the app on my phone to watch, but not that. I was glued the whole time. Like, I looked that way. Santana Ortiz jumping over a ladder. Brian Danielson's beating him up here. Then he's in the ring. Like, that was hands down the coolest thing ever. Yeah, actually, I'll probably say it. that was probably the coolest thing I've seen live because I was losing my shit the whole time. And I was that was after the back-to-back matches that I said didn't have to be on the show. That woke me up because then that triple threat tag match, even though I think we'll talk about that, I didn't like that outcome personally. Um, right. Still a, still a dope match. And then CM Botch, as we can probably say from that match, he had a few spots, you know, but he did. I gave him credit when it went off air. He said, remind me to never do a buckshot lariat again. That was good enough for me. Um, and it was dope to see him win it. Overall, I had a great time. Great show. Definitely recommend everyone to try to go to an AEW show who loves professional wrestling at some point because you will get your money's worth. Um, 
I think that's my rant. I'll probably say more. Oh, and wrestling fans, please wear deodorant and shower before your shows. There was a, a gentleman behind me who was very nice. And I'm not yes, saying sir. who we talk about this because we make jokes. But gentleman behind me was very nice. And we interacted throughout the show because he was very cool. But my man, every time he sat down, I smelt muss. And uh, if you, we've all been in arenas, the seats aren't that that close. So please shower and do all of that, regardless what the temperature is in Las Vegas, Nevada. Please shower and try to you know present yourself a little bit. But yeah, so back to you, Lou. Though yeah, uh, this this ain't no this great. ain't no goddamn this ain't no goddamn PSA or anything. But it's like. There's already enough stigma on wrestling fans. We're all fat nerds who live in our mother's basements and we don't do anything but watch wrestling. So it's bad enough we already have that stigma. Don't go to these shows with no deodorant on, no axe. In this day and age that you could go and go to Walmart for $2 and get you a little deodorant and a little axe spray and put that shit on and take it with you to these shows. Don't be that guy. So... Everything that you just said there was basically everything we wanted to cover. Um, I do have notes here, but they're not in any kind of order. But I will say this: since Dan said he did, he didn't get to and, watch the whole show. And, and Lou, let me say this too: like Nick fucking said, man, wash your funky asses, put some <laughs> damn deodorant on. Like Lou just said, it. You could get the little travel cans. Now I know in Vegas the little travel cans are probably ten dollars. You got ten dollars if you in Vegas for an event. Yeah, it's it's, and, it's and very important. This is broke ass me talking. <laughs> Wash your ass because plenty of women are online talking about you funky little incels. Trust me. And wash your backs. <laughs> My girl. Wash your, wash your fucking, wash your backs too. It's a lot of you motherfuckers not washing your backs. You get in the shower, you wash your arms. And your face, but you ain't washing your back. Yo, wash your back, hey, your lower back. I'm, motherfuckers. I'm six foot three thirty, and I get that washcloth behind my back like this. Bro, I got a, I got There's a. There's no excuses, you fat. I got a loofah <laughs> attached to like this plastic stick. That shit is like this long, and I got I, that I clean everywhere, bro. Everywhere. Yeah, that's, it. that's it. So that's it. I'm we, sorry, I had to. I had nah, to it's all good. So we do have these notes here. We're not done talking about this pay per view yet, but what I did want to say was that. Nick said basically his match of the night was anarchy in the arena, and I have to agree. Like I said, Dan said he didn't get to watch the whole show. I don't know if you did see some clips of anarchy in the arena, but if I had to tell you to watch one thing in full from beginning to end, you should watch that because it was bugged out. Because remember last week when we talked about that show, I shit on that. I shit on this match. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't really care. Like, I don't know. They're going to fight. They're going to beat each other up. Yay. I don't really give a shit. And when the match started and they started playing the music and, you know, Moxley came out and then everybody started coming out from, you know, each of their sections. So I was like, oh, OK, this is kind of cool. And then, like, it was it was funny because it's like the same thing happened to me. I'm. I'm sitting there watching it, kind of looking at my phone, kind of looking at the TV. And I'm like, why the fuck is the music still playing? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? The music is still playing? And these people are beating the shit out of each other still. So they when, did, Eddie, like, came out, when Eddie came out with that gas can and he poured that, when he came out with that, because the thing is, I don't know if you got to watch the, the pre-show. Eddie cut a promo where he with a bottle of whiskey. Mm, or I think it was a yeah, I think it was a bottle of Jack Daniels. And he mm -hmm. cut this promo. And he was talking about how, like, he's drinking now. 
because Chris Jericho drove him to drink and he's trying to keep his demons at bay and he doesn't know what he's going to, he did. He cut basically a new Jack promo is what he did. He cut a new Jack promo. He was basically saying what, come and see what new Jack do. And when he came out all bloody with that look on his face and with that gas can, I was like, please God, I really, really hope that nobody gets lit on fire because Joey Janela just had a whole fucking accident where he <clears> lit his leg on fire like a dumbass and they couldn't put it out in time. So I was like, bro, I know they want to go for something here, but please, God, I hope nobody fucking lights anything on fire because I could see it going south. So thank God they didn't. And they just used it as an angle to kind of get Brian and and Eddie a little heat there. So. I was happy to see no fire, even though I know a lot of people probably wanted to see fire. But that match, the the main event, even though, yes, CM Punk did botch the, the buckshot lariat, I really enjoyed that match. I enjoyed <laughs> that outcome. That was honestly the only outcome I was able to get right, I think, because I think I was basically wrong about everything else except for Jade. We all knew Jade was going to win. Oh, but yeah. that match ended up being fucking terrible, too. Not, and I'm sorry to say that because I'm not a wrestler, but that match sucked. Um, Darby and Kyle O'Reilly, as much as I enjoyed that match, that was like a Rampage main event. Why was it on the pay-per-view? I felt like mm-hmm. it could have headlined Rampage this next week. They didn't need to have it on the show. And they added that shit on the pre-show. It was like, oh, and we're adding Darby Allen and Kyle O'Reilly. I was like, oh my God, another match? Like, it, it was nuts. So that, that goddamn intergender tree trio three-way match that should have been on the pre-show that should have been a pre-show match and that should have had pre-show should have had three matches and they could have done those three took three matches off the show and put them shits on the fucking pre-show because it was just way way too much mm-hmm. yeah and the one thing i want to say i kind of mentioned it in the group chat and it's because i care and because i know the potential in it and the only person I can blame is TK, but obviously it's a lot easier said than done. Is that man really needs to work on his booking of how he does the women's division. The reason I say that is because I think regardless going into the pay-per-view, we as fans have, this is my bathroom break match. Like we do, right? Now, Jade and Anna went on very early, so like kind of wasn't needed then, right? But it just sucks because the second they announced that it's for the TBS title, like everyone got up and left. Right now, granted, they were back by the end of the match and all that, but still the fact like they got up and left. And I was like, yo, like, come on, man. Like, Jade's like that kind of girl right now. You know what I mean? Like, my girl never actually saw Jade, like, actually, until then. And she's like, wow. Like, this girl's ripped. Like, she, you know what I mean? Like, that. And then, like, then when it came to the AEW women's match, the same thing. And it's like, yo, like, you kind of got two big names there. Maybe because a lot of people who don't, I think, appreciate the art of the sport, like care about Deeb maybe as much. But that that crowd definitely got hyped for that one. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? But it was just like, eh, like why you, why are you guys getting up again? And then even with the Owen Hart finals, you have the face of your women's division with Britt Baker, who had a live performance. Ruby Soho, which since that night, I still had that damn theme song stuck in my head. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> sick of that song. I, I love Rancid. I love Rancid. Yeah. Like- listen to that song anymore i skip it every time it pops up it's like i can't listen to this now and it's like and then the same thing people got up during that one during the match before it like no crazy the only time people got reactions when people were like d and d 
and I felt bad because I know how good the girls are. You know what I mean? And like, but it's just like, and I know it's a booking thing and I'll always say it's a young company, but they have the talent to have people want to stay. And the comparison I said, I hate, I hate comparing the two companies. I literally do. And the like, but if you're at a WWE show pay-per-view and Sasha Banks is getting ready to come out or even Becky, Charlotte, people aren't using that as their bathroom break. They're staying there when that hype video comes. Um, and I, the only person you can discredit for that is Tony Khan. I'm glad you landed on that point there because if you want to say I'm taking the heat off my boy, if you're calling him my boy, hey, do that. This is a fan problem because the fans aren't invested as an invested in these women. Now, where the booking issue comes in, because I did hear about it going into, was the setup for Anna Jay versus Jade Cargill, which ultimately, from what, I, from what I got to see, it ultimately was just a vehicle to get Athena, to get Athena in that ring. Yeah. And if you get what I'm saying, it was yeah. it was they used that as a vehicle to get her in the ring and give Jade more on the job experience. Because, yes, though she's approaching very close to that 40 and old mark, she is still as green as her outfits. And yes. she is she is rapidly getting better. Um, but so, yeah, all right, you know what? I'll give it about 40. I'll give it 40 percent booking, 60 percent fans, because the 40 percent is the company needs to find more ways to market them to make the fans want to be invested. Yep. Yeah. And, and, it's, I, mean, and I, it's, it, I was just last point, Lou, and you got it. No, you it's it's difficult with the amount of amazing male talent that really everybody is going to AEW shows to see. Because of their indie startup. Yeah, I mean, I felt bad. I felt bad for Jade because she seemed pretty happy in the post media scrum. Like she seemed pretty excited and and happy with her match. And I felt bad for Anna Jade too because before the pay per view, I think it was on Friday or Saturday, Anna Jade put a tweet out saying, uh, "Man, you guys, something about I don't know if word for word, but she basically." I remember. Saying, I remember seeing that too. These people on Twitter were shitting on her for having this match. And she, she basically was like, all right, I'm going to prove y'all wrong. And unfortunately, I don't think she really proved anybody too wrong during that match because it wasn't really anything to write home about. So I feel bad for her because I do like her. But um, Jane seems pretty unfazed by it all, which, I mean, she should be. She's still champion and she's undefeated. So yeah. one question I have about that is, like, how are you, how are you booking Jane? Like... How are you getting this belt off of her to get her into the women's like championship? Because eventually that's gonna happen. So like, yeah, are I you think beating, are you beating Jade? Is she retiring the belt? Is she doing? The I think Oscar? you're gonna. I think you're gonna beat her. I think. But the one thing to kind of add to it that I don't like that they do. And WWE guilty as well as probably all these other companies as well, too. But I personally hate, because the answer is going to be Jade. Someone's going to be her. But they bring in these new women talent who have that credibility kind of name because they were somewhere else before. And they beat them. 
so it's like, who are you going to build up for Jade? You know what I mean? Because I don't think they'll end that belt personally. But, like, I like, that, I think we can agree. I thought Ruby's moment was going to be Sunday. Because she already well, lost the, to Brit, and then now she loses again. So it's like, man, you build Ruby up barely. And now it's like, like man, what credibility is this girl having? But I Not think to that, run over a point you just made, though. Not to run over a, a point. I don't want you to speed too past it. When you mentioned how they bring in new talent and they tend to always lose in the beginning, that's kind of generally what happens almost historically in wrestling to a point. It's either you lose, you kind of lose on your way in, you lose on your way out. And yes, we're, I, I can say that we are, ex- we've been expecting more, especially we keep mentioning Soho, 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 as y'all are sick of the song. I'm not because I love the I love her. Ruby, I don't Ruby, listen to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's it's uh they they it goes back to what you said, Nick. It's the booking issue. They they need to just find better ways to put these women in positions for us to be invested in them. And that's literally it. Really, just boils down to that. Right. I, I but, thought I had more to say, but it really just it, it boils down to they need to find ways to make people invested and they don't do the same thing on the men's side as far as bringing in the new guy and making them lose because those stars are just too big that they've brought in, you know, coming over from the WWE side, obviously. Yeah, Lou, before you go, the one thing I do want whoever beats Jade personally, I want it to be an AEW like homegrown talent. You know, unless, unless, yeah, like someone like her, like she got a pop when she, and that's the, and that's the only person, Lou, to be totally honest with you. That's the only person because no one else. Though we did speak on here a few episodes back that the AEW women's division has improved some since its inception, there they don't have anybody that feels, looks, or seems as credible as. Statlander, Soho, and your AEW Women's Champion, with the exception of, you know, obviously we know Sheeta's back in Japan, I think. Serena Deeb, I don't think they're going to waste their time with her at that because she needs to be world champion eventually. You you get what I'm saying? All Mm -hmm. the rest of them are lower mid-card type talent. And I hate to say that. Unless, Unless we see what they do with Athena when they get her rolling. Well, dad's here. The godfather of the show is here. I don't know how long he's been waiting. I just saw arms, but oh, I, we got to take a pause in the conversation. A rare appearance from the godfather, my military father, the man, the myth, the, the king, I guess, as his shirt says. He just <laughs> bought his kid a guitar. Two of Mr. them. Two of them. Mr. B-Rob. What up, homie? Man, a whole bunch of nothing. I, I heard Athena being spoken into existence, and I was just like, I had to talk about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, so sorry, we'll continue. Sexy. Nah, I was just saying that, Rob, we're talking about, uh, basically we're talking about the women's booking and how the outcomes of the pay-per-view came, like especially Jade and Ruby and all that. So for me, one thing I want to say about Ruby is that, like, what I don't understand about the way they're kind of booking her is – um. Ruby can can wrestle. Like, Ruby can wrestle. I don't know why they keep, like, ragdolling her every match. And then she gets a roll-up win. You know, like, she gets a little... She gets basic... She's like Ricky Morton. Basically, she just gets beat up the whole match. 
she comes out with a little bit of offense and then either gets a roll up or a future shock out of nowhere but she can actually like fucking wrestle so i just don't i don't understand the direction of that kind of booking with her and uh as much as we said anna jay and jade wasn't that great thunder rosa and serena deep was a fucking tremendous match yeah exactly um, it was one. tremendous i was very very impressed with thunder rosa her movement her speed how snappy everything was that she was doing her intensity, I was really, really fucking surprised. Your, um, your curse or tradition of her entrance failed. It's broken. The first time, it's broken. The curse is broken. Finally, she broke the curse. I, if anybody doesn't know, I think she I did that on purpose. Theory about her. I had this theory about Thunder Rosa that every time she comes out for her entrance, if she's smiling, she wins. If she's not smiling, she's losing. And that has been staunch. It was flawless up until yep. the pay-per-view. She finally broke That's, the streak. I think it's yeah, that, what B-Rob just said. I think it's what B-Rob just said. Yeah, I, I, I think, think she, she did, did that yeah. shit on purpose. Because <laughs> I, I was in the theater watching this event, and as soon as I seen her come out, um, I seen that face. I was like, oh, shit. I started texting. I was like, she got the boo-boo face. She got the Sasha face or whatever. But what I think that was more related to, other than kind of throwing us off the scent, her headpiece. Cause you know how ladies are, they like to be flying shit. She had to hold mm-hmm. that shit the whole time. She couldn't do a little shit or whatever. She I will, yeah. I will say this: when she did get in the ring, she did smile when she was holding up the belt. So I might still have, be on to something here, but she did smile when she got into the ring. She she broke your curse, Lou. She it's okay. It's okay. All curses need to be broken eventually. And then you were right. uh, talking about uh Ruby Soho and everything. Um, she is uh, the female equivalent to me. Uh, of uh, fucking Eddie Kingston. They put her in these high-profile spots. They give her all these chances and everything, and she always comes up. Shout! Yeah. I'm glad you brought him back because I, 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 you know, we're bouncing all over the place with this review, and when y'all talked about that match by way of saying I, that's one match I need to go back over, I know we didn't have any expectations going into it, but as I heard everybody across the internet and you guys mention, that was the match of the night. The first thoughts in my head were you had Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho involved. Those two, especially Eddie, master storytellers. Master storytellers. Oh, yeah. And so to 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 have seen the image, which is the show image for y'all when you see the promotion of this, to see him doing that with the flame thing and all, like that man knows how to tell a fucking story. So I am kind of excited to see that car crash because I know it was put together well. And except you to, uh, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Oh, I was just going to say, except now I can never watch a wrestling match without music again because that was fucking insane. That show was and so it, sounded, it sounded like like the way y'all put it, it sounded like almost like a New Jack tribute because that's exactly what the gangsters used to do. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Dr. Dre and Pac would keep going. You know, what was... Uh, damn, I forget the damn song. Yeah. Damn, what, I forget well, the nah, song it was, title. Um, but. It was a freaking... Um... Ice Cube and uh, Doctor. Wasn't it natural born killers? Right. Yes, natural born killers. Thank you. But yeah, we all know New Jack when it was just him and or the gangsters. Natural born killers would play the entire match from front to back, even if New Jack lost. That song never stopped playing. So <laughs> that's that's a, 
that in some ways that's a dope tribute for what it sounds like it was. Now I definitely got to go see it. Yeah, I'm telling you, when Chris Jericho unplugged that music, I'm not bullshitting because it was my favorite match. That got the absolute loudest boo in the arena of the night. Because like, it got to the point, it got to the point, <laughs> it got to the point where like for 15 seconds, be like, all right, like we get it. And then everyone's just like, like, oh, it was Wild Thing that was playing. It was just yeah, Wild Thing. Yeah, yeah, just Wild Thing. Just it. was funny. Like I said, I'm I'm watching the match. You know, I'm watching the entrance. They're coming out to his music, and they start brawling. And I like looked at my phone. I looked over here. I looked back at the screen, and I'm like, "What the fuck? The why the music is still playing? What the fuck is going on?" I'm, I'm not gonna lie so to you. To me. I'm not gonna lie to you because uh, the how long this pay per view was, Ugh. and that I wasn't at home. That I was like, Jericho, this is where I take my piss break. I left. I went and got food. I went and did other shit. And, you know, I took my time getting back because I, I did not give a fuck. Anything Jericho is involved in from henceforth is uh, deemed in the pile over there with fucking Matt and Jeff Hardy. So it, you can kiss me. Oh, well. Yeah, Jeff looks rough. Jeff, we don't need to dive into nah, that I'm, at all. Don't get me wrong. I know the value that Chris Jericho brings to any promotion. And I get what he's doing with the surrounding cast around him, bringing up Daniel Garcia 2.0 and Jake Hager for whatever fucking reason. But I'm tired of that motherfucker. He can go kick rocks. Hager became what they call a hanger on. He's just, he's there. He's bruised the barber beefcake to Hogan. Ooh, yeah, without the cheers. I, uh, I'm telling you, I think I have the record for attending AEW's longest show and WWE's longest show ever between wow. Mania with Rob and then this weekend. God damn. Word. So we basically, you know, we gave our thoughts on this pay-per-view. We, we kind of talked about what we liked and what we didn't like. Um, we talked about the length of the pay-per-view, which was obviously way too long. Um, we only really got, only really wanted to touch on two more subjects on this, and I guess we'll we'll move into uh, MJF and his entire that whole weekend that was MJF and and just how there was so much chaos surrounding everything. Um, from my perspective, I want to take it from, and you guys can just talk about however you feel about it, but the one thing for me was. The people, and again, the people on Twitter who, there were people on Twitter who were like really, really emotional about, oh my God, MJF is not, I don't understand. Why is he doing this? Why he, he did like, they were like emotionally hurt by like him possibly leaving. And I'm like, yo, fam, my thing is like, yo, if he wants to leave, cool. If he wants to stay, cool but like that dude don't give a fuck about none of y'all bro he don't give a fuck about none of you fans why are you guys crying yourselves to sleep about mjf like i don't understand it he's a great athlete he's i don't i'm not downplaying who he is or what he can do or what he provides to a company but like if he's gonna want to leave he's gonna leave if he's gonna stay he's gonna stay like you have no you can do nothing about that so why are you so like in your feelings about that shit? That's really the only thing I wanted to add to it because everything else, to be honest with you, is speculation. Yeah, to me, yeah, I don't know. Know. and the money and the money thing. Like he wants to get paid more from the thing I sent right right before we started. If that's the case, like yo, know, there's no reason why Christian and Mark Henry should make more than him. I'll agree with that. 
But I'm only gonna say one more quick thing on him because I want to hear your guys' take. And probably I'll wait last. I'll wait. Did last. you? Did any of you watch the AEW Carpool Karaoke? I did. Okay, yes. so I yes. watched that on. Uh, I think right we were like chilling before we left for the show, and I was like, oh, let me watch it actually because I remember like I think those are funny in general. A uh, MJF had me and my girl dying because he was with Hobbs and Ruby, and yep. they sang Ruby's song then X. And then MJF just looks at Ruby and goes, as serious as could be, you look like an orange parrot. <laughs> and then she jumped on him, and her and I started, like, as the old saying goes, belly laughing. Like, we were dying because he was kind of coming out of character, like, saying, X, go and give it in. And then he was just like, you look like an orange, orange parrot. And I just started dying. That's all I had to say. I'll give it to you, Rob. Yeah, uh, before you, Rob, goes, though, I did watch that thing, and the one thing about that, um carpool karaoke thing was so they sang ruby soho and then willie hobbs put on that dmx song stop <laughs> drop yeah shut him down, open. so they started rapping it they started rapping it from the beginning oh. and i was i was listening to it and i was like oh oh we're about to get into the chorus and i was like i want to see i want to see somebody say it somebody say it and they cut <laughs> that shit right off right before the fucking first word i was like god damn it bro that still don't mean we're friends. I gotta see that unedited footage. I want to see MJF say the fucking N word. I know he fucking was singing that shit in the car. He knows. That still don't mean we're friends. He knows better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the stuff with MJF before y'all roll on, it's a work till it's not. <laughs> to me, that's yeah. how I see anything yeah. with professional wrestling. That's how I see it or whatever. Especially if it's public to the to all of us. I mean, it's a work till it's not. You know, that's just how I view it and everything. Because I mean, what. The, to me, what they do back there behind the scenes, it's none of my fucking business. I don't care, mm-hmm. you know. But it's a work till it's not. And my point of view behind all of this was number one, this is why, as we talked about, some of y'all uh people who think y'all are newsbreakers out there need to just chill the fuck out and be a fan and let it play out. Like I said in the group chat. That's the truth. Oh. Like I said, like I said in the group chat, I think all he did was just go stay at a different hotel (laughs) and said, fuck fuck them. Right. But but in essence, though, in in like a reality kind of thing and thinking sports fan that I am. That display of trepidation proved his value to the company. And the, what you shared, Nick, with that the, the the screenshot of the tweet, that yes, this guy makes this much more money than him. That all these people make much more money than him. Which, to be honest with you, rightfully so, because those people, those men and women that do make more money than him, made things possible in the business for him to be in existence. They busted their ass for years and put thing put the sport of professional wrestling they helped put it on the map so they've earned these big deals but him and this whole flex just proved to AEW his value and his worth because that shit shut down quote unquote shut down wrestling internet until it came out and you gotta think one thing I just thought of like Probably like as we were speaking, that dude probably just signed his original contract when he was a nobody. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And and that's exactly <clears throat> it, Nick. Is nobody knew really who MJF was unless not you were a fan of the indies, which I had no clue either because I wasn't digging that deep into the independent scene. You know, I know about the ROHs. I knew obviously I look at impact as a as a prominent slash almost independent the way they work their contracts with their wrestlers but i wasn't digging for the deep deep independent scene where mjf survived thrived heavily off of now i did once i learned who he was via AEW, i did start to see more things pop up on youtube via the algorithms and did Mm -hmm. see a lot of his older matches where he is just as entertaining. He was just as entertaining then as he is now. But this stunt, I repeat, proved his worth because I bet you part of that arena would have went home without him coming out. And then um, to his to Dan's point, um, I knew more about him prior to, and the only reason I knew of MJF because of his character work rather than his professional wrestling. I seen mm-hmm. all of his stuff, his interactions with fans, a lot of the stuff that he done in ring that was like more comedy based or whatever. I knew that of MJF before I knew of MJF the wrestler. And also, you know, the contract that he got, it was kind of a loophole out of his MLW contract that he had because. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. He had a clause with MLW that he couldn't go work for WWE or some other, uh, you know, big major companies, but AEW did not exist at the time of this clause in his contract. So it was right. like a loophole around it. So this yeah. new company come up up, oh, you didn't say AEW and you know, so it was kind of like point. A, a, a gift and a curse. Yeah. I forgot about that. Great yeah, point. I will say, I will say one thing about this whole thing. And that's, I don't know if you guys did or didn't watch the media scrum, I watched it this morning and Tony Khan, there's a point where I think when Jade got up and he was waiting for Jericho to come sit down, he had like a, like a five or six minute span where he was sitting there by himself. And he started talking about how much money they've made. Cause someone tried to point out the Eric Bischoff comment about CM Punk not drawing. And oh, I'm sure you guys, you guys saw that clip where he went off. Well, after that, he got more detailed about how much money and he's like, we made seven figures on this last pay-per-view buy. <laughs> and these are the most pay-per-view buys we've ever gotten. And instead of six figures, now we're hitting seven figures. And I'm like, okay, well you over here broadcasting how much money you made. You're going to have to give a lot of that shit to MJF if you want to keep them. So Facts. keep talking about all that money. You better break him off some of that shit. Facts. And that's where he's going to learn the hard way that, Hey, I mean, he should know this in negotiations in professional sports. You don't open your mouth up like that because then you open the can of worms for everybody else. But like I said, MJF has proven his worth time and time again. And this shit showed it. Oh, he's worth the money. That's for sure. You know, MJF is practically worked, you know, besides other bits and pieces. The same schedule as Hangman Adam Page. You know, great, great point. Great point. Because, yeah, he's worth more on the mic than he is in the ring, though. <clears throat> yeah, I feel has any, I can't remember the last time he legitimately had a match on Dynamite. Yeah, I'll say I've been pretty active with Dynamite for like at least like a 
maybe a little over a year now. When, when I moved out here, so like, yeah, like about a year and a half, like I've been very, very consistent watching weekly and nothing comes to mind besides the pay-per-view because he's done the same storyline in a way twice with Wardlow and Jericho, you know. Yeah, but, he's, uh, he's kind of only had matches here and there to just string along his storylines. But like I just said, his value was on the mic and he, yeah. unlike, unlike Hangman B-Rob, He's damn near on camera every week where Hangman was coming out maybe once, twice a month to verbally push along a storyline. That's also, why I'm pleased with the outcome of that, that main event. Also, um, to an extent, like uh, comparisons to value and worth and all that stuff. Uh, Alexa Bliss, whenever she was hurt for that stint of time, they had her on TV constantly because they knew her yep. value was in her character work. Yeah. 4-0, 4-0, by the way, since she's came back. Mm-hmm. And then about. I thought, yeah, I don't know what you were going to transition to uh, next Well, just want to just touch one last one last thing about this MJF thing. So, <laughs> with the match with Wardlow, was he buried? Or was he nah. a very professional employee? Because honestly... Yeah, I know that the 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 word on the street is is that he showed up right before the match, and when the match was over, he immediately bounced. I'm okay with that because right now he's having an issue with his money and he's trying to figure things out. So I'm cool with that. But he went out there and he fucking performed. He went he out the there. Job. He got he got the crowd yeah. whipped up. He got them all hating him. He took an extra second or two to come out when his music hit, so nobody really fucking knew what was going on. He went out there. He sold like a million bucks. He took all those power bombs. He did the whole spot with the stretcher and the fucking neck brace. And I mean, he proved the point. Lou, yeah, he proved he proved the point of what a lot of the veterans that have been talking about Sasha and Naomi and what they felt that they should have done. You still go out, you still do your work, and then you go do what you got to do afterwards. Yeah. John Moxley. Yeah, I, yeah Moxley. He, they made WWE he did everything he, asked, and, he, he did everything they asked him to do until his contract was done, and then he just poof. Yep. Yeah, because that dude probably got one of the best send-offs ever, but everyone knew going into that match, like talking to people at the arena, because obviously we were in Vegas. What's the over-under on how many power bombs MJF's going to get? So I think record, everyone right? knew. I think the only thing that might have got added was maybe that stretcher and stuff to kind of write him off, because we don't know what's going to happen with him right, right. now. Yeah, but that could have happened even if that wasn't a plan anyway. Because I feel, regardless after the beating he got, like he shouldn't be on Dynamite Wednesday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people saying that he's buried, like that was the only outcome that could have happened. What were you expecting him and Wardlow to go out there and have a fucking Mister Perfect and 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 like Paul Ondorf match? Like they weren't gonna go out there and have some fucking technical showcase, like. Wardlow was going to beat his ass. That that's all that was going to happen. Yeah, it melt, was, they were it looking was, for a Meltzer five star. Yeah, yeah so was anyway, for that story, what's what? What I figured we could wrap up here with is we have a new AEW World Champion, and I think all of us last week were unanimous in saying we thought CM Punk was going to be winning. And my question now is. Who is next for CM Punk? The the fan favorite is uh Eddie Kingston. 
But I think that's not mm-hmm. soon, but it's going to be like later on or whatever, because it's just like seed laden all the way this whole time. Like when Punk make those Twitter comments, like big shout outs to you and you fuck Eddie Kingston and, and you are good, Kingston, you, right? you know, and all this other shit, you know, cutting the promos in front of a live crowd. Like I, I respect everybody in the back except for Eddie Kingston, but everybody in the back is awesome. <laughs> I'm going to, I think Adam Cole. Bebe? I don't know. Yeah, maybe not at because next technically is all out, but we all know they have those special shows in between. The only reason I say him is because it's a fresh match and he did just win that tournament. So maybe that's where they're like, hey, I got the room. Like, you know, because like it's not going to be like a Wardlow. It's not going to be a Sammy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, unless they do Sammy just to get Punk maybe like a win like that. But I don't know. Cole. I want to say Joe, but Joe's a guy they're going to save for a pay-per-view when they do go at it again. So I don't know. I think it's going to be Cole, and it's going to be within like a month and a half, too. And then also they got the um, the promotional uh, flyer floating around with uh, Punk versus uh, Mox for the title. Y'all seen that? Oh, shit. I didn't, I didn't see that. No. Wow. Do you oh, know, are you guys? Quick yes or no. You guys are already door? I'm sorry, I missed your question. I missed your question. Oh, there. Are you are you guys? Because that was a big thing there. Are you guys going to order a Forbidden Door? Go right so back here's to my, the conversation. So here's my thing. Uh, they asked CM Punk who he wanted to wrestle, and he started. He said, "Well, what he said was just as far as thinking about what's next, which is Forbidden Door." So he started naming Naito and you know the regular names, but he did mention Will Osprey. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell wild. you something right now. If he wrestles with Will Ospreay, in no fucking world should CM Punk be beating Will Ospreay. That should not fucking no. happen. No, in no fucking way. So I well, want to see that match, but I don't because there's no fucking way, bro. Well, I mean, there's if that was ever a possibility, there's the slightest bit of seed work to that. Because we already had some of his stablemates do a run-in. Um, freaking Jeff Cobb and um, Great yeah. O'Conn. So, I mean, that could be a prelude to like, hey, if that is a punk Osprey match, there's going to be some interference. You know? So, mm. But the money match, if there was a crossover promotional match with New Japan and motherfucking AEW and CM Punk is in it, it's got to be Kenta, right? <laughs> Go right? to sleep versus go to sleep. They they do like the old uh, spot, like a uh, Kane and Big Show used to always do. They always try to choke slam each other, but these two try yeah. to go to sleep each other. They're just gonna be trying to knee each other in the head. There's gonna be a oh. big hug. I don't know, man. I just, I, I honestly, I don't know who's next for Punk. I would say because I I don't know if Hangman is just going to disappear for a while. I don't know if he's going to show up on Wednesday. Uh, It's too early to tell. So, but if they line up someone new for punk, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Danielson and punk go at it. But then again, it's like, we just had Danielson trying to go for the title before with, Mm. you know, with Paige, And then it's the same thing with Adam Cole. He just got out of a feud with Adam Cole over the belt. Now he gets the feud with CM Punk over the belt. So the good thing about AEW is that they got those standings. So all they got to do is look at the records and see, okay, well, this guy's got the most wins. He's fucking next. So mm-hmm. it's kind of an easy way to write shit. I also have a retraction that I would like to make. Mm. As much as I just said uh, moments ago, 
that I didn't want to see Chris fucking Jericho do anything henceforth. You know, he can kiss my ass. There's only one thing that I would like to see, and it's only because I wanted to see it for a long ass fucking time when even he was um doing his uh shit in New Japan previous. I want to see here in the States Chris Jericho and Tanahashi. Mm. That's all I want to see. One-on-one, no stables, nothing, just them two one-on-one. I want to see that match here in the States at Forbidden Door if possible. That's it. Anything else now, is just handed to me. I don't care who, who they match up with who because I think it's going to be fucking fun. Now, what were you going to say, Dan? I kind of cut you off. Yeah, because you rushed through, but it's all right. Yo, sensitive <laughs> ass. Nah, I'm good. Nah, it's like, I'm, I'm sitting away from the camera. Nah, nah. <laughs> you know, y'all know what I do. Well, I was I guess, trying. Oh, no. Go ahead, okay, go ahead. Go ahead Dan. I thought no, no, you no, did no, it no, again. No, no. Hey, you know what, God damn it, Lou. You know what, Dan? Dan, you go, but that's payback. Dan is about to Dan is about to do the shack. You don't go one, two, and back to one. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, ahead no, go right ahead. Y'all call me Mr. Cutoff, but it happens to be all the time. So go ahead. No, go ahead and finish your thought. <laughs> finish your thought because I thought you were done. No, I didn't even speak, but it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. We got kinks to work out. We're good. Did Wardlow already cash in on his Sonic ring? Yes. Okay. Damn, so I think so. That, okay. I wasn't sure because that when we said who's next, obviously that's the automatic bid. Next champion is MJF, i.e. kind of what Brian said last week on the show, which I totally agreed with. Year run for year run for CM Punk for Tony Khan to prove that he is this draw that he said he was at the yeah. scrum. But MJF is next. Obviously for contract reasons, whatever. But to be honest with you, on some AEW original shit, MJF is next in the in the year. Yeah. I like your I like your Eddie Kingston thing, uh B Rob. Give that midway. Yeah. And slow and like they've been doing, slowly build that show by show, month by month, but don't feed it to us just yet. Wait for like the end of the year pay-per-view. Yeah. And before but, this, yeah, um, go ahead, uh, go ahead. Now before the contract stuff even came up with MJF, I I thought that that's where they would go with Punk and yeah. MJF because that story is not even resolved either, you know, because he got those two questionable wins over Punk. But, mm-hmm. you know, it seemed to me logically that if they would go anywhere with a new champion, it would be MJF. Well, and they did it too with those matches because there was build, but not a serious one. They kind of felt like teasers for the future. And we already know AEW, quote unquote, long-term booking. They do great storytelling. It's going to work eventually, but it's going to work with perfect timing with 2024 CM Punk next year's 23. We got time. Lead him into the new contract as champion, even though I do still think MJF is a guy that doesn't really need to hold the championship. But Ric Flair didn't need to hold championships either, yet he held all of them. Mm -hmm. Because guys like that, you want to strap the rocket on eventually. So, But for next up to lose question, 
it doesn't even matter to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm about that year build. <laughs> and yeah. then um they haven't updated their rankings yet. They still have the one up there as of May 25th. But other than CM Punk at number one, next right after him is John Moxley. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. You know, so I'm since all about Punk that. is now the champion, Moxley is the, in the number one spot for the next contender. There you go. Yeah, that's the that's the good thing about the ranking system. Your stories basically write themselves, which is fantastic. Yeah. And just uh, think about this as well. Since Punk is out of the number one spot, it moves everybody up a peg. So this is the ranking as of right now. I don't know who number five would be because they don't have a spread below number five. But Moxley is number one. Adam Cole is uh, number three. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, I mean, not not number three. Uh, number two. Jay Lethal is number three. Mm. And Tony Nice is number four. <laughs> and you know what? Really, you know, actually, you know what I actually would like. W- what I would like is <clears throat> within that year build a flip flop and Miro come back. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I would like to see Miro come back and finally get yeah. what's rightfully his. People were asking about that for the pay per view too. Like, would would that be his premiere return? Right, and yeah, then I, I and need then, I need Miro back big time. I really do. Yeah. I love because he got bro. a lot of big dudes. A lot of big dudes are now eating lovely right now. Come Gunlo, on, bro. Miro Keith and Lee Keith is Lee, there bro. now. Miro Samoa versus Keith Joe. Lee. Come on, man. Get you got to yeah. give me that match. The yep. the only thing that I want for two reasons. I want ROH to get their own shit just like a programming thing or even a YouTube show or something so they can have their own complete roster. That Which is happening. I, 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 yeah, I know it is. Because they, I don't, I do not believe that this dude was <laughs> acquired this whole fucking company, done all that he's done thus far for this not to be in the works. Right. Exactly. So, it's, and it's, hap- it's happening by way of what Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe are doing right now. Plus, with working in Mercedes Martinez in all everybody's getting upset that she's doing it in dark, but everybody should be thankful that they're putting on ROH stuff to keep ROH in everybody's mind. Well, except I was, I was kind of surprised at the show when he didn't, Joe didn't come out with his ROH title because it wasn't an ROH event. That's an easy answer. Well, I mean, when you're promoting it, when you're promoting it and you own that, you're gonna take that out with you. Yeah, and I mean, and I was I was okay with that because it kind of like you didn't want anything to kind of overshadow the fact that you're in the Owen Hart tournament itself, right? So the title, brand you know, new he wasn't, def- he wasn't defending the title, so it's like I mean, it was okay. I, I felt it was all right for him to not come out with it. You know what I'm saying? And then the second thing, kind of along the lines of what y'all kind of you know poking at, I want them off of AEW TV so people could shut the fuck up about. Well, why did you an ROH people on AEW? This is AEW, not ROH. It's the same fucking company. That's that's First your off, teammates. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about your teammates right now. Well, I mean, and other people too. It's just uh, I, I asked a load of other people too, and I, I I just don't understand that that way of thinking because it's just like these people have jobs now because of this, and it shouldn't fucking matter how many belts you got on the fucking television. I mean, I, I don't know. People view things differently because, you know, people want to be entertained and want storylines and all this other bullshit. I just want fucking wrestling. I don't care what the hell's going on. I want to see motherfuckers wrestle. I am a wrestling right. fan. 
You know, yeah, you, sto- you've storylines and the other stuff is, uh, you know, the sprinkler. It's the, the sprinkler, yeah. the, the cupcake and shit or whatever. But I want to see the fucking wrestling. I'm killing myself but trying B-Rock, to watch you- all <laughs> of goddamn Best of Super Juniors right now before the third when the final come up because I don't want no goddamn spoilers. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> sitting here in my bed with my iPad up because I bought a mini because I'm reading comic books now. So nice. I got my, my big iPad here playing best of super juniors and i'm looking up the fucking stats and points and shit on my little ipad mini and shit it's just like i want i want all the wrestling i want i want all the smoke goddamn it we we know we know you by now b robin unfortunately the storyline is what carries to the wrestling action that you want to see yeah, I know. And to be honest with you, to keep people like myself invested and others, you do need tight storyline. Yeah, Again, yeah. this is why we complain the way we do about the WWE, because the WWE has been throwing shit at the window. Here, eat this shit sandwich too, and you're going to like it, which some of the shit sandwiches have actually not been shit. They've been, you know, at least ham and cheese, pretty decent. But <laughs> you Turkey need the story. Cheese. Yeah, you you need the story to work. You need the story. I you I I know you now. You love. You just want the action. Next, the action. Next, you gotta have a vehicle to carry the action. Yeah, for everybody. Or else, this wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for everybody else. Literally, so, but I, I will I will appease and love a great story if it get everybody else to shut the fuck up so I can watch the goddamn wrestling. <laughs> there you no go. one, no one, no one cares what you want because everyone wants different things. I know. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's just the way of the world. And you know what? As Triple H said best in a promo to Punk is you might not like the shit, but people like the shit. True. Yeah. Just because every true. week there are two million around two million people watching WWE and every week there's a million people watching Dynamite. Now whether it's good, whether it's bad, same motherfuckers come back and bitch and watch it. So but people obviously I- like it because if because if yeah. you don't like something, you're not going to watch it. And yeah. see, and this what? is my thing about it as well. What I've that's not necessarily true. Uh, there's I people know, that I, hate I, watch. I and I still end up watching that dumb fucking show. Yeah, there's people that hate but, watch too. I don't but understand also, that. But, but also too though is like you said, you're saying people are going to watch and like. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out. I forgot the guy's name on TikTok, but he was able to bring his kids to their first WWE event. Things like that need to happen to get cool. more people into the shit. And sometimes even those kids, they just don't care. They're there because it's, it is what it is. So yeah. that's all. I just wanted to give a quick shout out. If I remember his name by the end, I'll big yes. him up. But he's a real cool guy. Well, and, it's so, two, and it's twofold too. It's people that hate watch for whatever fucking reason. And the other thing is just ingrained. You know, people yeah. might have been watching yeah. this shit since they was a fucking yeah. child. You know, yeah. and it's just like hard to let that routine and that tradition go. You yeah, know, absolutely. so I can I can understand that because I was of that mindset for a long fucking time. You can even ask my wife; she know how much I love wrestling. I would sit there with Raw on and just be like audibly. <sighs> <laughs> fucking looking at my tablet doing something else and shit and she'd be like why are you still watching this and I'm just like I don't know but Lou, it, rolls, it rolls yeah. back to what we said last week man it's like it's thinking WWE we watch it because we've been watching for life and we know that they can do better exactly. so it, it might like, feel like a hate watch but we know they can do better oh Dan it's a hate watch with you nah <laughs> oh, yeah. not all not all the time fuck you man. <laughs> 
So I think we were we're heading we're basically <laughs> treading directly into the next topic, which is we've talked about AW enough. Now we can talk about some real wrestling with some WWE. We got a pay per view coming up on Sunday. Yes, <laughs> we got the Hell in a Cell pay per view coming up this Sunday, and this card. Now again, this Monday, go away. yesterday, we did have a go away show yesterday for Raw, but we're still missing the go away SmackDown show. So this card can still change. And there can be some matches added to it because, to be honest with you, these are all raw matches on this card. Yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed that. All yeah, raw, no SmackDown fucking matches yep. on this card yet. So, unless they're going to add three matches to this thing from SmackDown, or I, I, I don't know. know why, right? it's, uh, you know why? No, I don't actually. I want to. I want to take the, a stab real sale, quick. Because the sale is red. It's wrong. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was. Go, I was gonna say real why. quick. I was gonna say real quick. Maybe because the 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 castle event in England might be all SmackDown thing, because yeah. Drew is head, headlining that. You know what I'm saying? Could be. And then before True. they started muddling all the the the, the, the shows together, or whatever. That's what they used to do. Um, yeah. One pay per view would be Raw yep. exclusive, one, and the yep. next pay per view would be SmackDown exclusive, and then you know yeah. they were. Which I like that. I used to like that. Because I'll be honest, as I would like to think, because maybe one of the few who tries to keep up and watch weekly, I think for some of these, Matt, like, as we said, like with Backlash, I think this could be one that could end up being, like, kind of decent. Because I think we can all agree Seth and Cody, what regardless of outcome, is going to probably be decent, right? They've been doing very good with their storytelling. I don't know. I, I think this one's going to be low-key decent. I'm not going in with expectations. I've learned my lesson with them a long Look, time ago. Look, I'm going to tell you like this. I'm looking at this card, and I have no high hopes for this show. I'm not, I'm not impressed. Well, <laughs> um, Lou, besides, Seth and, Cody. besides oh, Seth and Cody. Go through the card, Lou. WrestleMania Backlash was was the card itself had not didn't really have a great build, but we were like, you know what? We'll see what happens. We didn't completely shit on it. I don't want to sit here and completely shit on this either because I don't want to like be that guy. But we got six matches here, and I don't know if they're in any kind of order. But we have the Raw Women's Championship match: Bianca, Becky, and Oscar. That should be okay. Have yeah, Cody and Seth in the Hell in a Cell. Okay, Austin Theory versus Ali for the that U.S. Has title. Potential. Yeah, that has potential. Almost an MVP versus Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. And the judgment and the judgment day versus the Bull Live Club, which is Finn Balor, AJ, and Liv Morgan. Now, this is the problem. We've seen this pay-per-view the last three months already on TV. Mm -hmm. We've seen all these matches already. Aside from the fact that they're gonna be in the hell in a cell, Cody and, and Seth. And obviously, Oscar just came back, but they just beat Oscar two times in the past two weeks already. She's well, looking 50, up at the fucking booking, line baby. already. Bring she's getting the, she the Ruby Soho treatment. Just comes back and she's already looking at the lights. And it's like, this is the problem. Like, it's just the the booking in this company is is bugging me out. Like, they're doing things that. Like, I can't even understand why they're doing it. So this past Raw, we had the first two hours were were decent. It, it, it wasn't horrible. Like, the first two hours of Raw were pretty good. The last hour, they had two things in the last hour. They had Bobby Ash, 
Bobby Ashley. There I go again. <laughs> they had Bobby Lashley with this confrontation, and then they had Riddle and Shinsuke versus the Usos. The other 40 minutes of the, that hour were packages, commercials, and what happened earlier on Raw. Like, fam, that's who's sitting and watching this shit? Like, I, I can't. Like, I can't do it. You, like, you have. But you well, do it. But I do it anyway. <laughs> I do it anyway because I'm on a wrestling podcast and I want to be able to talk about it. Hey, man, this. I'm on yeah, a wrestling like, podcast and I don't do that shit. It's just, it's just, I want to be. You're on a wrestling podcast and half the show don't watch half the shit. <laughs> shout out I love RBR. it because I listen every week. I listen shout every to, week. Shout outs to RBR, greatest wrestling podcast in the world. What? Man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Hey, Rob, you hosted on this thing, and I got the passport. And I'm about to cash in one day and just join in and join an episode. Fuck it, come hey, on. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> Fuck no, it, come I wouldn't. On. That. No, I wouldn't well, do we... that because that I wouldn't do that because that's unprofessional. But yes, we're sir. bouncing around. We're <laughs> bouncing around. Can we get through the card, please? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I went over the the. I gave us the six matches. I don't know if you guys want to go match by match and kind of give no. your thoughts, but I mean. I think the big thing is, do we think Cody takes his first L? And if he does, is that fine? No, and it's not happening. He's going 3-0, and and that's it. It should. You know, and it's funny. It's funny because usually, you know, WWE, there's one thing they love is 50-50 booking. And I was very surprised when Cody won the second match. And just looking at the way they have, bro, they have Cody on the bus now. They have Cody on the the face of every poster for the pay-per-views now. He's in the signature. It's it's Cody Cody Cody. He's doing all the commercials, so I can honestly see them giving Cody the the next win because Seth losing it's not gonna hurt him, bro. Seth Rollins is phenomenal. He's one of the best, if not the best person they have on the roster overall. He he's not gonna be hurt by another loss. He can always find some nefarious way to get back into the title picture at any time, or he could basically do whatever he wants. So, um, and if they give Cody another win, that's just gonna give him another notch as a superstar on the roster. So I could see him winning. Because mm-hmm. if they wanted him to lose, they should have did that like early, you know, mm-hmm. just to get it out of the way, you know, because I mean, that's the only thing that puts a lot of pressure on the superstar is damn, you know, do those undefeated streaks and shit or whatever. Cause it's just like, Oh, you don't want him to lose to this guy. Oh, you don't want to lose to this guy. So who is he going to fucking lose to, you know? So, yeah, and I, I hell like to get those and, shits out of the way real quick, and just you know they can just build from there. And hell, and hell in a cell is built to is built to close chapters. So yeah, this is this is in battle rap terms. Seth Rollins is getting thirtyed. He's getting three. He's getting three old Nick. Yeah, because it doesn't. Make I no could sense. see. I could see this going on for a long time, like the match itself. The feud's ending Sunday, but. Yeah. I could see this being a very long match because Seth and Cody historically, wherever they are, have long matches, and Hell in a Cell historically are long matches. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I'm actually off on Sunday too, so I'm going to be able to sit here with my feet up and watch this pay per view on the on the cock, as the kids say. Yeah, right after so, Stand and Deliver Saturday. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, oh, this so, is, I didn't even know there was a pay per view Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to watch. 
I do that. I've completely fallen off of NXT. I can't. Oh, I can't, yeah, do, it. Yeah, I can't I, do it. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not watching that shit at all. Uh, I I just check in for my Nikita Lions updates, and and other than that, I just I, I can't deal with that show. Um, oh, Magita Lions! Uh, somebody <laughs> called, somebody called her Fidel Fidel Astro. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. I saw that shit, and I took <laughs> my drink out. Um, that's that's yeah. Forget Magita. Fidel Astro was perfect. <laughs> Big ass Hussein. <laughs> All right, honestly, guys, I know we're not doing justice to this pay-per-view or anything, but is there any one of these matches that you specifically, besides the one we already talked about, kind of want to touch on? Because I can see Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens being at least entertaining because I'm entertained by, like, the angle. Like, I really am. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm finding humor in the whole Ezekiel thing. I just wish, like, as my brain works when I think of these, when I see these angles, I just wish they would go the extra mile and record, like, vignettes with, like, well, like, why haven't they had um, Elias put on a fake beard and come out as Elias yet with a guitar? Like, why haven't they done that shit yet? That would like, be how, dope. To be how honest, that would, be dope. How easy would that be? Just put a beard on him, put his old outfit on, let him come out, do a song, then run into the back, take the beard off and take all the shit off and come out as Ezekiel. Like, stuff I like wanna that. See, I want to see if they try to pull off a twin running. That's what I want to see. If if any doppelganger, that, yeah, I want a doppelganger. Yeah. Damian Sandow. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. That too. That would be so dope. Hell, Dude, no yeah. lie, no lie. Shaved, you know, uh, you know, if you took Ezekiel, you know, if he had a short haircut, he would look like L.A. Knight. It really is. Put the beard on L.A. Knight and a, and a wig, and we got you. <laughs> I don't know. I think regardless, I'd laugh because of the effort. I think it would be funny. But uh, mm-hmm. I think the Judgment Day match is randomly going to be decent. But I think overall, the sleeper match, even though I had obviously no build, probably Ali in theory, though. I think that is yeah. potentially good. Yeah, that'll probably be a real good match. You know, Ali's got something to prove, and he's a tremendous athlete. Uh, as much as I dislike Austin Theory's personality, he's definitely talented, and he knows what he's doing. He's very clean and crisp also, so could be a good match but overall man this show i don't know i'm gonna watch it obviously because i love the torture but i think that'll be the second best match of the night just because of who's involved but other than that yeah kind of like wrestlemania run it back i there's no true i i'm gonna watch just like everybody else but there's no true interest in anything and to be honest with you i don't give a shit about judgment day like I'm, t- I'm tired. I'm tired of these little dark ass groups. Like, and the thing about the dark ass group thing is because W and again, Nick, you can say whatever after this. Because it's WWE trying to be kid friendly, kid based, and all of that nowadays. The darkness aspect in from them, the way that everything is running with with all of their programs now, it just doesn't fit right now. If they were in AEW, it would work only because of House of Black, Death Triangle. Yeah, that's and, like and, there's matches for that. There's matchups and just in name. It's just I, I, I'm not. I, I, I tried to start caring about Edge again in his, this comeback. I did until this, and then I stopped caring about him again. Yeah, and the thing about Judgment Day too is that like if you. The perfect example, I'm going to jump off right what you said. House of Black and Judgment Day. Obviously, everybody's comparing them. But, like, 
a few weeks ago or a month ago when Damian Priest had that match with AJ and AJ gets rolled out of the ring and then purple lights come on and Damian Priest is just staring into the camera with purple lights on his face and the match ended like that's some really goofy ass cartoony shit like that shit wasn't suspenseful it didn't do anything to elevate the match in any way it did nothing for anything now when you look at the house of black and they come out with their entrances and they got their faces painted in unison like on the for the pay-per-view when they are very dark and their vignettes are dark and it's it's i'm not gonna say it's scary because i'm not sitting there scared watching the shit <laughs> but you could you could tell that it's very dark and it's it's like genuine when you look at stuff that judgment day is doing with edge and he does that fake laugh and that maniacal like big eyed thing and and i just it just comes off like like second rate and i can't like i, I try to like it but i can't there's only one reason why i'm in going to kind of invest in it it's because i know and it's very obvious edge is trying to make other people he's doing the vet Jericho. job of trying to make other people yeah yeah exactly and that's why i'm investing in it because i like the people in the group you and are investing you're investing in this because your girl is there. Our, also, my girl is there too in in Rhea, but he's not in the group. Li- he's not Liv, in the group. But but Liv is in this match. She's in the bull, she's in the Bull Liv Club. Right. Also, yeah. Yeah. also, that is not why I am. I don't live in the nineties in the eighties. I don't then, either, and I this, can learn to like things. It's twenty like things. It's twenty twenty two, Nick. I'm here. Also, uh, not also, that brain, not that brain. Also, that's why you watch. Hey, that's why you watch the episode outside, so you can tell them to get off your lawn. Also, if you See, get ever listened, look at all you, that grass. If you ever listened to uh, the Edge and Christian podcast, the two people that's in this group, he talked about all the time on this fucking podcast that he wanted to work with them, and that's what he's doing. He's giving back. That's it. That's it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Give back because that's the at the age and the stage that a lot of these veterans are. That's exactly what you are supposed to do. You're supposed to give back. So you're supposed to. So finally, back. about that, does Finn Balor turn on the Bull Lift Club and join Judgment Day? Because Edge has no. been teasing a new member of this group every single day for like the past three weeks. He's been teasing on Twitter new members. The group, so no, he did the Rogers' no. daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that was no. funny. Chomp, I think, I think, I think the um the the theory of Chompa coming out with them is, it, I think that's going to be it because he's clearly been off TV for a very long time. Yeah. So they're probably repackaging him. They probably dyed his beard or maybe Chompa fought some. last night. I okay, well, I didn't know, so <laughs> they, they 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 could be your seed. Go ahead, B uh-huh. Rob. Also. Champa is another guy that they talked about on their podcast. Yep. Also, they have a good kinship with each other because both had the neck surgery injuries and everything. I was just going to say, remember, if you remember, because I know we all watched it, Edges 24, he was talking about it, and he was talking, and they interviewed Champa saying, like, they're friends, and Edge was there for me. We were texting. like So that that's why I think Champa as well. Yeah, Tomasa's great, man. I, I, I hope that he does come out. That would actually be a highlight for me watching that fucking pay-per-view if he would actually come out and like be prominent on the show that'd be really dope but but is is he one name though is he one name 
Champa. I think he. Yeah, well, I think they like Trump. to say Champa. Champa. I hate when they say Champa. Yeah. I don't care. The best ring name is still Gunther. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hey, they've been doing kind of decent with him, though, to be honest, weekly. Yeah. If you watch SmackDown weekly, they've actually been doing kind of good with them. Yeah, I haven't been able to get you can get oh, If you can actually get over the name, like they're presenting him well, to be fair. Yeah. So far. So, uh, they haven't him beat the brakes off of whatever dude's – I forgot dude's name, but – Oh, Drew is that, <laughs> Yeah, Drew Gulak. <laughs> they, they, they've been having him beat the brakes off of him, which is like poor, poor Gulak is like – uh, I'm but surprised it's he hasn't good. got his future endeavors yet, to be fair. I'm happy because I don't like seeing people lose a job, but I'm surprised he hasn't yet. Right. Well, guys, we've basically gone over all the topics. So before I toss it over to Nick for the wrap-up, do you guys got anything you want to add as far as anything random, wrestling-related? Any thoughts right. on any of these shows? Any last touches on any of these matches we saw on the pay-per-view or what's coming up on Sunday? I did commentary the other weekend. You yeah. did. True. I'm proud. How of you. is that actually? How do you how do you manage to? That's a, that's a something because I, I I'm always like for me I'm always interested in like the inner workings of like the actual like what goes on backstage. Like I would love a like somebody to go with a hidden camera and like go backstage into like WWE or or AEW and like I want to see like how the wrestlers actually talk to each other, how they actually plan a match how the commentators figure things out. Like, I want to see all that shit. Well, um, me personally, for my small piece of earth around uh, the professional wrestling stuff, um, WWE is some pedophiles, by the way. Um, they, wow. you know, they've been doing hype wow. videos and advertising this damn girl that's just graduating high school and going to the PC and shit. <laughs> now they doing Jeez. a draft class for college. I was like, Dang. yeah, they, they they grooming, they grooming. That's what it is. Pedophile was strong. They grooming. Talk about <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, um, yeah, for like us or whatever, I've I've always been like a stand-in or whatever. So I've got those opportunities that way. And the dude that put enough trust in me because you know I've been doing the podcast for so many years. So he, you know, I got a little bit of know-how and he know how I like wrestling. So I've had the benefit of having somebody that does this all the time being my captain, pretty much. You know, he would dag on. He'll lay it all out. He'll lay it up. And I just dunk the ball in, you know. He'll just come in and just lay it out like, you know, how, you know how JR would always get into like this big long string of storytelling with a match or a character or anything like that. He would just lay it all out there. And I'd just be like, yeah, and this. <laughs> we a team. So are you like, are you like <laughs> color, not like. I know this is like super I'm colored. Yes, I am. Yeah, super, like that's what I was <laughs> it, trying to say. Like, he's called Pat McAfee. Yes. Like, are you color commentary? But I didn't want it to sound like, are you the colored? Com- oh, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's just like uh, color commentary. If you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's usually reserved for somebody that has um, in ring experience or whatever, right? right? Like Jerry Lawler or whatever, because you know he's a professional wrestler and now he's doing commentary, so he's the right. color guy. Yeah. Um. I have a minor in experience, but whatever. But the the approach that I take for doing the commentary is like I'm sitting on my couch watching a show. That's the mm. approach I take to it, or whatever. So I'm calling what I'm seeing. Yeah. You know, whatever. I let him do all the story work and everything. Oh, he's like these two have a story rivalry. They this and this and this and this. And I'm like, word. And it's like, and I just pretty much give my 
fan perspective, pretty much. I was like, well, this is my first time seeing him, but he looks like this and this and this. And, you know, I'm calling what I'm seeing. I'm calling moves because I do know him. And it's just like I'm giving my commentary of, you know, the match that I'm watching it pretty much or whatever. So I don't know what my role would be, but I'm just aiding and adding a little you know, flair to what this guy's laying out. Rob, Rob getting too goddamn big. He gonna end up on goddamn raw on the fucking commentary <laughs> team. Heck yeah. You know, as we speak, there's some NXT is playing and I know somebody backstage on the production team. There it is. And yes. I'm just like, I'm picking this dude's brain right now. It's just like, hey man, tell me things. <laughs> Matter of fact, he didn't do it tonight. I'm fucking with him though. Uh, I told him if Grayson Waller ever came out, I need to know that you're working backstage. I need you to make the lights blink on and off real quick so I know you're here. But he didn't do it. Grayson Waller is on my screen right now, and the lights did not come on and off. <laughs> and I just I appreciate that you get these opportunities. Like I, I sit back, I sit back, and I, I'll admit in slight jealousy, but more joy for you because people actually reach out. And give and, and and not give you, you earn your opportunities, but people reach out and, and call out on you with your experience for your experience and give you that leg up. And I just want to continue to see you run with it. And I appreciate that. And I'm gonna tell you this too is not a lot of the times to where they give it to me or they call on me. I take that shit. <laughs> I no, put but, myself but, in the goddamn building, goddamn it. Every but, time they have a fucking show, I'm there early with the talent and shit. And I'm the, just like, hey, what you need me to do? You need me to put the ring together? You need me to move some boxes? You need me to put people in chairs? What you need me to do, player? You know? But even so with Whenever that, somebody fuck up, I'm like, hey, player, what you need? You need something? But, <laughs> but, even, but even with that, they still need to afford you the opportunity to do so. And you capitalize. You, also, they need to afford you the opportunity. You capitalize and you keep killing it. That's all. Also, since day one of just podcasting in general, my main goal is to, like you said, get on. And then when I get on, I bring in the squad with me. Because <laughs> yeah. um, that, that's, that's the whole thing about me doing podcasting or whatever. I mean, people will know me. They'll, they'll get to know me. They'll know who I am. But my thing is, is everybody that I put around me is who I want everybody else to know about. It's like, oh, man, did you hear Rob's show? Oh, boy was on there. Oh, did you hear Oh, boy on Rob's show? That's I mean, that's more of it how it is for me, you know. So that's just fuck Sunday or uh, Saturday. I got the movie role. And that's all because I, I, I interviewed a guy years ago. And he thought about me again. He was like, hey, man, I know you uh, was doing this and this and this or whatever. Hey, you want to be an extra on this movie? I'm like, you fucking right I do. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to go work a 12-hour shift Friday night, get off of work, turn and burn, and go straight across <laughs> motherfucking Houston an hour and a half away to go do a fucking movie in the morning. <laughs> be right, man. We are, we are brothers of the same mind when it comes to that. But I will say it again. People are reaching back and giving you these opportunities, and you are taking that ball and running with it, keep running with it. It's all I keep preaching to you, man. I, I, I appreciate it. Keep that. running with it. 
for real. I appreciate that. And speaking of running shit, we need to run Grayson. I mean, not Grayson Waller. Uh, fucking Von Wagner out of the goddamn building. <laughs> yes. Get that guy out of here. So I I was trying to um I was talking earlier to my my cousin and because he was telling me he's watching NXT on Hulu and I was like no don't watch it on there because they edit that shit watch it on Peacock watch and Raw went, on Hulu <laughs> yeah yeah and I went to um I clicked on <laughs> I clicked on NXT to see if they had the latest episode on because I pressed the latest episode button and it wasn't last week it was the weeks before and it opened up with your boy D'Angelo this Italian dude. With yeah. the two guys, the two guys behind them, and I was like, "Look at this fucking wannabe Tony Soprano!" Like, hey, you watch your talking, mouth, Lou. Literally talking like Tony Soprano, bro. I was like, "What the fuck is That's this?" That's my man. Hey, it's so. They need awful. to call it's up. Great. They need to call up Tony D'Angelo because they 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 did a little snippet of this on NXT already. They need to call up Tony D'Angelo. They need to put him in a few with Ezekiel, and they need to do that damn meme. Hey, what's your name? Tony, <laughs> fuck you, Tony. What's your name? Ezekiel. Fuck you, Ezekiel. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh my nah, god, they, they need to. They need to call. They need to call on my man, Big Vito. Call little Nunzio and, yep, and give him the full. Get him over. And give him the full blooded Italian. I, I love those dudes. When any, I mean, I Yo, love those dudes so much in ECW. Man, side they were note, the fucking best. Side note, man, Big Vito is actually cool as shit and very interactive with his fans on the internet, especially on Twitter. So if you follow him, that no. dude actually he legitimately shows love. For real. Cool. That's legit. Well, I like that. Well, huh? Nick, it's on you to uh give us a little wrap up here. All right. So uh before I uh plug us where you can find us at, just wanna give a little shout out to former NXT superstar Draco Anthony. I reached out to him because one thing him and I and Rob have in common is we all serve or have served in the Marine Corps, and he is being gracious enough to let me and Rob sit down with him and interview him to talk about his time in WWE and Yo. his time in the Marine Corps. The oh, two things you just got common. served. The one thing professional professional wrestling and our time serving in the Marine Corps. For our wrestling fans, probably going to dig a little more into that side um, as a request by him. So I just wanted to give a shout out there. Thank you for his time. Um, but yes, thank you everyone for listening. I think we had a great episode today. As always, I'll always say much love to the team and love getting together. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Wrestling B Trash. I blame Rob for that one. And on every hey, other platform. Blame Twitter because they, they didn't give me that one more fucking letter. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us on everything else at wrestling is trash thank you everyone for listening you can find us on all the other podcasts the everything podcast starting five podcast rbr podcast randleman and rob's 3r show podcast he has so many damn words you can find the walmart chronicles you can find lou everywhere you can find dan on the tiktok making his tiktoks calling people out making some pretty good super teams by the way i didn't comment on that video but i did like your team you had by the way you can find us everywhere Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great day.